good morning. Welcome. Let me give you a few announcements, a couple of reminders. Uh, first, the kids will do, we'll, the kids' regular Sunday night programs have uh, restarted, and of course that means they will be on tonight from 5 at 5 handbells, 5.30 children's choir, 6 to 7 mission kids snack and Bible study. There's a new Bible study coming in February. Reverend Bob McQuaid, as you know, is, and Bobby, they, he's retired and they attend our early service most of the time, but he, they've carried several groups to the Holy Land. He's going to offer a six-week study on the consummation of human history, often referred to as end times. The study, will group, study group will meet in the social hall uh, beginning Sunday, February 22nd, and running through Sunday March the 29th, classes begin at 5.30, and study guides are available now. I'm not sure if there are any back in the north fix, but they were some on the table in the Family Life Center this morning. So pay, pay attention to that. Thank you. I believe that announcement's also in the bulletin. Coming next week, scouts will be collecting uh, food for our local food uh, uh, group. Are y'all going to give announcements again? Okay, come on up. Come on up to the lectern. Um, and then the following Sunday will be, of course, Scout Sunday, and they'll collect. So they're going to hand the bags out, I believe is what it is. They're hand the bags out for you to take home, fill up, and then bring them back, I believe. Check your bulletin. I might have that announcement wrong. Um, but... Um, there are a lot of things coming up, and we want, um, and Paige and Katie both want to speak on, on some of these uh, things that are coming up, okay? Hey, y'all. So during the Lent season, we usually do a, a Lenten focus mission project. Um, and this year, some of the kids had the idea to sponsor a child over in Uganda um, through Compassion International. And so basically what the organization does is they try to end the cycle of poverty in Jesus' name, and they give them Bible studies and education on things, HIV, AIDS prevention, all kinds of stuff. Um, and so what we've done is we've actually taken on a child, and her name is Ellen. Um, and so we're going to be sponsoring her through, through this season starting right now. Um, and we're really excited about it. And we'll have more information for you on Ellen and, and the things that go on with her, her plight, and all those things um, coming up. And we'll reveal it to you slowly, give you a little bit by little bit. Um, but we're going to start a fundraiser um, with Make-A-Swish. And so Katie's going to talk about that. We kind of scattered out some of our pledge cards among the pews this morning. Um, and so the first way you can help in this mission to support Ellen is by supporting one of our mission kids as they compete in our annual Make-A-Swish basketball fundraiser. Next Sunday, February 1st at 4 o'clock in the Family Life Center, the children will have one minute to make as many baskets as they can. So we ask you to make a pledge per basket to support one of our mission kids. That is outlined on the pledge cards that are in the pews. And if we run out or if we didn't make it to every pew there will be extra um, in the narthex as you leave this morning you have until next week to complete and return your pledge form um, but we would love your support as our children support Ellen in Uganda thank you I just want to uh, what's the word I'm looking for encourage you about this uh, again we'll be, you'll hear, be hearing a lot about this but every year our church does special Lenten offering if you remember I think it was last year year before last we raised enough which is $5,000 to send an ark of live animals and husbandry education to a, a village in a third world country I was really proud of y'all for that and I think that this year's emphasis, it comes to us from the youth and the children. They're really fired up about help, about this little girl. And I've seen her picture and everything and her circumstances. But what we've been told is that if we raise $5,000, okay, which is what we raise to send some animals to a third world country, if we can raise $5,000, it will support this child until she becomes an adult. And wouldn't it be a great thing if our church is the reason this child makes it to adulthood with all the things she needs, school supplies, education, different things. Anyway, we hope that you'll come and get behind this uh, Lent, special Lenten offering as you hear more about it. 
and then we'll celebrate it hopefully on Palm Sunday. All right, let's begin our worship together. pray together. O oh, Almighty God, by the birth of your holy child Jesus, you gave us a great light to dawn on our darkness. Grant that in his light we may see light, and that we may have the ever-brightening hope of everlasting life. Through Jesus Christ our Savior. Amen.
let us affirm our faith. I believe in God the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, His only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead, and buried. The third day He rose from the dead, He ascended into heaven, and sitteth at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence He shall come to judge the quick and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. be seated. Let our children come forth for the children's time. There's a lot here today. I'm so excited. Usually we have two. Okay, who likes to get a gift? I do. Is it fun? Yeah, it is. Lots of gifts, huh? We just had Christmas. You get gifts at Christmas? Yeah, me too. Okay, but in school this week, in first grade, now I know some of you aren't in first grade and some are past first grade, but in my classroom this week, we talked about something called natural resources. Does anybody know what a natural resource is? No? Yes. Excellent. She knows what a natural resource is. Um, trees. This is the way we talked about them. Things found on the earth or in the earth that are not made by man. We didn't make them. Like, did you make your, did somebody make your tennis shoes? Or can we find them outside and dig them up? <laughs> you don't find tennis shoes in the ground, do you? No, but if you went to certain places, you might dig and find diamonds, right? Coal. Ooh, emeralds. Ooh, I like emeralds. That's a good gift. Okay, so natural resources are things found on the earth or in the earth that we didn't make. They're actually gifts from God, aren't they? And we can say some of them. You said emeralds and coal and diamonds. How about trees? If we ran out of all the trees, could we go to a factory and make more? No. You could plant some more, but what if we killed all the seeds? Will we have any more trees? No. And water? Water is a natural resource. And rocks? We use rocks, don't we? What do we use rocks for? Just, you know, anything rocks are useful? Ooh, what do you walk along? What to play with? You sure do. Making houses, that's right. For sidewalks on stepping stones, yes. Do you have another idea? No, walls? Yes. So all these things, they're kind of gifts from God, aren't they? And we're so lucky that God has provided us with all of these things to make our life easier. And how about animals? Okay, we get food from animals. My students like to talk about the chickens and how we got eggs from chickens. And I said, that's a natural resource. 
It sure is. You like chicken? Or eggs? Me too. <laughs> okay, well, there is, there are, excuse me, there are a lot of um, verses in the Bible that talk about God gave us natural resources. And because he is so wonderful and gave us the, these things, he wants us to be in charge of them and to take care of them and to use them wisely. And one that I picked out for today is in Psalm 24, verse 1. And it says, The earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof, the world and all the things and all the people who dwell in it belong to God. And he has charged us all with taking care of those things and using them wisely because they are gifts. They are gifts from God. So when you go outside and you see the trees or if you see animals or if you walk along a sidewalk or if you go in your building, I mean in your home that's built of, made of wood, sometimes you might want to stop and think and say, thank you God for this gift because all of these things come from you. So I have something for you to do. You know me. I have to give you an assignment because I teach. And it's just a little piece of paper, and it says, God's gifts to us. And in each box, think about a natural resource. Now, not a game or a bicycle. That's all I'm talking about. Something that God gives us that puts on, he puts on the earth for us to use and to make our lives easier that are so wonderful for us. And then I also gave you a little thing on the back. I gave you three different verses in the Bible that you can look up or have your parents help you look up that will tell you some Bible verses that talks about God giving us all our the wonderful things like the birds and the water and the whole earth for us to use. And I always like to give you a little something to make you really think. If you get stuck on one of your pictures, I, I gave you a little something else. Some fruit chews that are shaped like some natural resources that you will find. If they're kind of gummies. You don't have to have them if you don't have them. You can try them if you want. So let us pray. Say after me. Dear God, thank you for all the wonderful gifts you give us. Let us be thankful and use them wisely. Amen. Today's first scripture reading comes from Psalm 62, verses 5 through 8. Yes, my soul, find rest in God. My hope comes from Him. Truly, He is my rock and my salvation. He is my fortress, and I will not be shaken. My salvation and my honor depend on God. He is my mighty rock, my refuge. Trust in him at all times, you people. Pour out your hearts to him, for God is our refuge. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God.
Let us bow our heads for prayer. Oh Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayers. Oh God, you are our rock, and you have brought to us salvation. And from the beginnings, of our relationship with you in times of adverse, adversity, you have been our hiding place. And we pour out our hearts before you this day as we sing our praises and come humbly before you. We, we are reminded this day that you have entered into our life and you've invited us to be more than we could ever hope to be. And you have called us to be fishers of people and to bring others to your saving ways. And yet we must confess this day that we often deny your call and your grace. We often fail you in so many ways. We pray, O oh Lord, that you spare us Restore us by the power of the Holy Spirit. That you would help us to see that a world that's filled with many places that need your good news, 
that we have a responsibility to not only to follow, but to carry. And so by the gift of your spirit, give us courage to carry your message. We know that in these times and days, there are many who are suffering from pain and distress, from disease and war. Lord, we pray for all those who are caught up in conflict, all those who mourn this day. We pray, O oh Lord, that you would come and visit each one with your presence and give them once more a joy, the joy that comes from knowing you. And that you would hear us this day as we pray, as we pray now in our hearts for those things that we need to pray for. Hear us, O Lord, for we pray with one spirit and one voice as we pray the prayer that Christ the Lord taught us. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Let us continue our worship with our giving. Let our ushers come forward at this time.
So once our Lord presented himself for baptism, he went away for a little while and communed with the Father, and then he began his ministry. And his ministry began simply with these words. As Jesus walked beside the Sea of Galilee, he saw Simon, the one that we will call Peter later, and his brother Andrew casting a net into the lake. They were fishermen. Come, follow me, Jesus said, and I will make you fishers of men. And at once they left their nets and followed him. And when he had gone a little further, he saw James, son of Zebedee, and his brother John in a boat, preparing their nets. And without delay, he called them. And they left their father Zebedee in the boat with the hired men, and they followed him. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Let us pray. Oh Lord, the word sounds so simple. And yet requires a lifetime of obedience. Oh Lord, help us to see how we are to follow and carry as we are disciples today. We pray in your name. Amen. Well, as I said, the very first words you heard me, and I bet you already knew that. I bet that's not something that I told you for the first time. But how many of you know what the last words that Jesus said to Simon Peter and the others before he went back to heaven? Words spoken by the resurrected Jesus at the waters of the Sea of Galilee. This is a Bible test. <laughs> Anybody want to ask? Some of you, no, wait a minute. I was going to ask if anybody wants to volunteer, but there's a couple of you were in the first service, so you know. So I'm not going to. I'm going to give you the answer. His very last words, his, the words spoken to Peter and to others after they had been in ministry with him for three years were the same. Follow me. Follow me. The first words were, follow me and I'll make you fishers of men. And the last words were, follow me and feed my sheep. You see, we are called to be Christ followers, but we're also called to be Christ carriers. 
We are called to be shepherds of the faith. It's a twofold calling. We're called to be those who walk with Jesus and learn from Him. We're also called to be those who Jesus speaks through. And we're called to be those who ministers to others about God's reconciling love to the world. We are the ones who are to bring God's Word to the world. We are to bring the forgiveness and the hope this life-giving Word to all who need it. We are to be followers and carriers. We are to be the ones that help others to stay on the true path. And that's our calling, each one of us, as disciples of Christ. I believe we live in a very complex world and time, and oftentimes we just forget the basics, and this is just about the basics. The basics of our understanding as disciples, as Christ followers, is simply that the first aspect, it's very basic of our calling, is to enter into a relationship with Jesus. If we are to follow Him, we will be going with Him wherever He goes, and we must learn to trust Him as our leader and develop a relationship with Him. We are to come to Him as He asks us to come. Come and follow me. And when we come, we're to bring with us all those things that make us up, including things like our weariness and our burdens and our anxieties. Come, follow me. We come and we follow and we give Him what we have and we receive back from Him the things He wants to give to us, things like peace and hope and joy, truth, love, strength, wisdom. We are to come to Him and to follow Him wherever He leads, even if it leads us to a cross. We are to come to learn. We are to come and live in Him and let Him live in us. We come so that we can be made new by Him. That is the first part. We follow and then we carry. It's simple. It's not, it's not complicated. It doesn't have to be. Now, it doesn't have to be difficult. But it's not always easy. Because what it demands for us to bring and realize that our faith is really a, a simple matter of following and caring is it first and foremost causes us, it demands almost of us, single-mindedness. It demands from us a discipline. It demands from us a determination to make Christ the center of our lives. In the early service, I, re I referred to our beautiful window here. And I said, I don't know how many of you have been here, in here and seen it, but those of you have, if you will notice, <laughs> there's one looking to Jesus, and there's one looking into the world. It is in my opinion that that's the way the whole world is. Some who are looking to Jesus and following Him, and those who look to the world and look away. For us to be Christ followers, for us to then be able to carry into the world what the Lord wants us to do, as I said, we first must have a single-mindedness determination to be in relationship with Jesus Christ. So what does that mean? What did Christ do? If Christ tells you, call, calls you and says, follow me, then he wants you to come and follow him and see what he does. Now we know that Christ prayed every day. We know that Christ often went away for even more intense spiritual retreat. We know that he worshiped. We know that he worshiped in the synagogue. That he just didn't worship outside, but he worshiped inside too. 
And he spent a lot of time in what we would call today ministries of compassion, working and doing those things that help those less fortunate than us. Compassionate ministries. The question has to always be, I think, if we want to remain in good standing as a follower of Christ, is are we following Christ and doing what Christ did? Do we do these relatively little things and do they describe who we are? You know, Paul wrote in the letter to the Corinthian church, he, he wrote these words and he was talking about when somebody runs a race, somebody's in a competition, a sporting competition or whatever, that they cannot win the prize, win the trophy, if they don't run the race. You have to follow Christ to get the benefits of being with Christ. No one can receive the crown of victory if they don't persevere to the end of the course. What pains me in 2015 is that way too many Christ followers are not persevering to the end of the course. I recently saw uh, some statistics about atheism in our country. It said that the majority of men in our country claim to be atheist now. Versus the women who still believe, the majority of women still profess belief in God. I preached a little bit to you men last Sunday. I'm going to preach some more to you right now. We either serve God or we don't. We either follow Christ and look towards Him or we look to the world. Our call is to be disciples. And our life as disciples is best described as a choice. A choice between living like everyone else or living the way Christ shows us to live. This doesn't have to be a hard thing. It may involve some hardship. It doesn't have to be a difficult thing. Though it may involve some difficulties. But it will be easier if it flows from the fact that we are following Jesus. Because as we follow and see what He does, we're made new in Him. And by the power of His Holy Spirit, we are equipped and made ready to do what we need to do in every circumstance. The Holy Spirit it's like air that we breathe right now. We can't See it, touch it, or feel it, but it's there giving us life. The Holy Spirit is there giving us life and power to be the disciples, to empower us, to allow God to use us and so, to help us. And so every day by our daily choosing to follow Christ, the lie of the world, we are called every day then to make a choice to follow and to serve, and then finally to carry. <laughs> Think of it this way. At first, Jesus comes into your life, and you're doing whatever you're doing, fishing or whatever. And He compels you to come and follow Him. It's a compelling word, isn't it? Follow me. Think about it. Simple, but a compelling thing. Come, follow me. Have any of you ever dropped everything and went and followed somebody to do something? I'm sure you did. I'm sure you have somewhere or some time. Or maybe just as a child, you might have heard... Your parents say, would you follow, if that friend of yours told you to jump off the cliff, would you follow him off the cliff? Okay. We have a tendency to be swayed, don't we, by someone who says, come and follow me. And there have been many evil people who have used that through the centuries, haven't they? Come and follow me. 
Christ our Lord says, follow me. It's a compelling, compelling word. Now you followed him for a while and then get this picture in your minds. Think about those disciples. They've been with him night and day practically for three years. All of a sudden they see their leader crucified, dead and buried. They scatter, they're afraid. And then once more he enters into their life. The resurrected Jesus. And once more he tells them the same thing. Follow me. You ever wonder why that happened there at the Sea of Galilee? Because they all went back to their old jobs. They all went back to fishing. Heck, our leader's dead. This, must, this didn't pan out the way we thought it was going to. We better get back to fishing. There, Jesus appeared to them, the resurrected Jesus, and told them again, follow me. But this time, he said, boys, I'm going on ahead. And you're not going to be able to see me for a while. So I need you to carry. I need you to carry my sheep. What does that mean? What does a shepherd do? In our time, we, we're so far removed from agriculture. Most people don't know when they buy something in the store. And I know this is a fact. Because uh, I saw some people interviewed not too long ago. They don't, they don't they have a clue where the food comes from. What does it mean for us to carry and to feed the sheep? It means what a shepherd did in those days is the same thing we are do today. To make sure the people have something to eat. What do they need to eat? They need to eat the gospel. Make sure they stay away from things that are dangerous that will hurt them. So you give them some morals and examples of how to live. For you to be out there with those sheep night and day, protecting them, feeding them, making sure they have a pasture to lie down in, your rod and your staff protecting them. Does that sound familiar? Rest beside the still waters. For the, you to do that as a Christ disciple, follower of Christ, for you to now carry the load. You've got to stay in a strong relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ yourself. And then you're to carry this load. You're to carry for Christ because Christ has gone ahead to prayer place for you. You've got to help carry them home now. You've got to help carry those sheep. He's counting on you. He's counting on you. Every so often I'll refer to someone, I'm going to refer to this guy named Rick Warren. You may have heard of him. He wrote a book called The Purpose Driven Church, and, and, I, and I have read it and done the study with it years ago, but it was, has, has at least one profound quote in it, which I'm going to give you. He writes that the most important light in my home is not the large chandelier in our dining room. He says, the most important light in my home is a little night light in the hall that keeps me from stubbing my toe when I get up to go to the restroom at night. Any of you got night lights? <laughs> this light is the smallest light in the house, and yet it's more useful to me than the show-off light. And then he writes, in the dark night that so many of our friends and our neighbors and our co-workers are experiencing or might experience, the light we have, no matter how little you might think your light is, that little light 
because we're disciples of Christ might be the most important thing in their lives. It may be the most important light they see out of the darkness in the dark places. And then he concludes and said, we are called to let it shine. We are called to follow and carry. And even as simple as that sounds, it is yet so profound. So profound that even the Lord Himself said, the gate is narrow and few find it. You're part of the chosen in our time. Let your light shine. Shine into the dark places around you. Encourage people with love and compassion and forgiveness. That's what our religion and faith is about. We do not bring people to this faith at the edge of a sword or a gun. That's not who we are. We must carry on. We must persevere and run the race. That's the time we live in. And we must follow and carry. Amen.
May the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship and communion of the Holy Spirit, may they be yours this day and each day. Amen.